Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Um, It is a privilege to stand here before God's people and I would not be here if it was not for God's servant in the house. Amen. Yes, please, let's give him a hand of applause. See, it's easy to learn about history, but it's not easy to be an actual part of history. And by this, by us being connected to him, we are actually defining history which people will learn about. And it's not everybody who gets that opportunity. Amen. So, Daddy, I thank God for your life. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray very quickly. Father, we thank you for this morning. We ask, Lord, that you will speak, Father. Let your voice be heard clearly, Lord. Let light and revelation dawn upon us. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Bring us all to the fullness of the knowledge of you, Lord Jesus. I ask, Lord, that as we learn about you, about your faith, how to develop our faith, that we will grow, Lord, to another level, and our faith will never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yesterday, when God's servant was speaking, he practically said everything that I'm about to say right now. So I'm just echoing everything he's about to say. So don't be surprised if a lot of the points sound the same. Because it's all one teaching, isn't it? I can't stand here and start teaching something else. That wouldn't be right. So what is faith? Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews 11 defines faith as the substance of things hoped for. But then faith is actually the reality of your hope. It isn't simply, when it says substance, it means the actuality, the actual thing of your hope. God's servant said yesterday that faith is victory. So faith doesn't give you the victory. Faith is the victory you receive. So the moment you were born again, you actually got victory. Am I I making sense? So the moment you accepted Christ into your life, victory in every area of your life was provided to you. And it's by that victory that you overcome All the temptations and the trials that life brings. Amen? Amen. So, if faith is the force behind our victory, or is the victory which we manifest, how does it work? How does it work? Now, I like how God's servant does this. In Genesis 1, you know he goes Genesis 1, 1, 2, 4, 6. I can't do that. But we see how God does it. You see, anytime we buy a new appliance, for example, and we don't know how to use it, you go to the guidebook, isn't it? You go to the guidelines and it shows you exactly how to use what you've purchased. So now God made us in his image, in his likeness. That means we are supposed to be expressions of God. So if we are supposed to express God, we need to operate how God operates. And God knew that. So the first thing he did was to show us how he works. So he, we can imitate that. So what, can we please open to Genesis chapter 1?
From verse 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God shows us straight away. How do you get things to work for you? Speak. How do things work for you? If you say you are a believer, then things will not work for you if you keep quiet. See, faith requires a voice. You see, you can't say, I believe, and say, I believe in my heart. That's great. It won't work for you. It will stay in your heart. Nothing will happen. But the moment you speak, you start operating in the, in the capacity and the authority God gave you. He said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let him have dominion. Your dominion is predicated on your ability to speak. Things will only change if you speak. You see, as a believer, you are literally responsible. God seven said this yesterday. You are responsible for all the happenings in your life, both negative and positive. You are responsible for everything. Because God is responsible for everything that happens around the world, isn't it? So when, that's why he spoke. If he wanted something to take place, he spoke it into being. So if you see something happening in your life which you are not happy about, speak something into being. Speak it into being. That's how God created us. You see, yesterday, I don't know if any of if we caught this, but during the Hebrews, um, the first session yesterday in the morning, God's servant said that we are like gloves. You make a glove to fit a hand. God made us to fit him so that he can enter us. You see, so if God has entered you, you can only work out the God in you by speaking. So for as long as you remain quiet, the God in you is incapable. So does that explain why a lot of believers find themselves in situations and and they say, oh God, why have you done this? But God is saying you have everything you need to overcome. In fact, the victory is already in your hands, but you're not making use of it. You're actually not making use of it. Faith is the victory. It doesn't give you victory. It is victory. Jesus says, fear not, for I have overcome the world. And he says, this same Jesus is in us. This same Jesus is inside us. It's like you go to war with another country. And for some reason, you get information as to every single thing the enemy is planning. You've actually already won the battle. But you're still fighting, but you've won the battle. Why? Because for somehow, you've got some secret information. Another route. So, but just because you have it doesn't mean it'll work for you. You have it, but until you put it to work, you will still fight a pointless battle. Because if, you, you see... We stand in the front line fighting. But God is saying, why are you just fighting in the front line? There is a faith line. So, there is a faith line. You can stand in the front line. And yes, you can fight the devil. And uh, yeah, 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 fight. Fight. With all your strength, fight. But then God is saying, you're wasting your energy. You're actually wasting your energy. If I was a war general and I had secret information as to the enemy's bases, why wouldn't I attack that? Yeah. 
Why wouldn't I go for that? Why would I worry myself with the same mundane going after, you know, a faithless battle? When by putting into effect the faith I have in me, I can win the battle with very little stress. See, God knew this. God knew this. That's why in the beginning he showed us how he does things. Romans 10.8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. What is this word? The word of faith, which we preach. It is right next to you. But the word, you see, we, the, oh, Hebrews 11.2 says, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And this same word of God has been committed to us. But your world will not be framed if you do not make use of the word which is given to you. You can have all the power in the world, but until you stand in that authority and use that power you are effectively powerless as a child of God you cannot oh you should never remain a child of God because the Bible says that children are tantamount to slaves a child cannot inherit sons inherit Am I making sense? If you are a child, you can't say what you want. You may be a child. Like right now, we have uh, the latest addition to the royal family. Um, um, I don't really even know her name. Princess Charlotte. She's a child and she's a royal, but she has no idea what that means. It means nothing to her. It is pointless to her. But someone like Prince William, he's fully aware of his position. So he cannot just go anywhere. And anytime he goes somewhere, he has certain expectations. And when those expectations aren't met, he knows how to get them to take place. As a son of God, when you step into a place, you need to have a certain expectation. But if you don't have that expectation, you see, if you don't know where you're going, everywhere looks like it. But if you have an expectation based on the word of God, based on what God has said, when you get there and you know this isn't it, you don't panic, you don't get disturbed, you start speaking to the situation. You say, let me apply my faith a little bit. Actually, let me practice the God in me. Let me practice the God in me. And you begin to speak. And things will change. Things will change. Hallelujah. 2016 is going to be an amazing year. It will be an amazing year. Oh, patatata. Okay. Now, God's servant yesterday took us through about nine different kinds of faith. There, there are multiplicities of faith. But I'm just going to mention a couple. Now, there is the weak faith or little faith. If we can please open to Luke chapter 8, verse 25. Are we there? Luke eight twenty-five. Now, let's go from verse 23, please. Now it reads, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. This is Jesus. Jesus fell asleep. And the windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. That's true. That was the fact of the situation. They were in trouble. Verse 24, please. 
And they came to him and awake him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. You see, just because your environment says you're perishing doesn't mean you're perishing. It is your environment. It is not you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. The earth was perishing, but God said, that's not what I want. So God redefined it. Yes, you step into a place, yes, the situation is perishing, but redefine it. Don't allow the situation to define your stance. Let your stance define the situation. So let's continue, please. Verse 24. I read, and it says, And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a great calm. 25. But he said to them, Where is your faith? These were his disciples. They had been with him. They had seen how he operates. Yet when the winds came, they forgot that they had any faith at all. That's weak faith. As though there's no faith. You react to the same situation as though you are an unbeliever. When we look at an unbeliever and we look at you and you both get put in the same situation, there's no difference whatsoever. There's no difference. They panic, you panic. They cry, you cry. They wail, you wail. They roll on the floor, you roll on the floor. They start cursing God, you may not curse God because you fear God, but you're afraid anyways. There's literally no difference between you and an unbeliever when situations arise. But yesterday, God's servant said, faith is the distinguishing factor between an unbeliever and a believer. They have their cars, they have their money, they have their houses, they have their education. But it is our faith in God which sets us apart. So if you relinquish your faith, you become a mere man. And a Christian who is ordinary is an abnormal Christian. The normal state of a Christian is abnormal. Does that make sense? And as a Christian, you are normally abnormal. Normally, your usual state, the way you walk is abnormal. It does not make sense to people. The Bible says no one knows where the wind blows. And such is those who are born of the Spirit. If you are born of the Spirit, you cannot be predicted. All they know is when the situation arises, they know you can do something about it. Jesus asked them, where is your faith? Where is the thing I committed to you? The words you've heard me speak, where is it? What happened to it? Are you telling me all the time that you've been with me, you have learned nothing? All the time you've spent with me, you have heard nothing? But oh, you see, and when Jesus asked them that question, they, they, they were still focused on something else. Look at what, look at what the Bible says. Verse 25, but he said to them, where is your faith? And then, and they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? Jesus was like, what's wrong with you? You are marveling at me, but you are supposed to be the marvel. Why are you marveling at me? When you have the same thing which can make you a marvel. Stop marveling at me and become a marvel. 
Am I making, I hope, I hope what I'm saying is, is bringing things into picture. You have the faith, but you are marveling at other people who seem to have results. Stop marveling at them and get results of your own. You have the same thing. God's servant just said, it is the same spirit. It is the same faith. Put it to work and get the results you need to get. You see, these same disciples in Acts chapter 4 became marvels. Why? Because they were using their faith. The same disciples, they didn't have faith before. Or they had faith, but they forgot. Why? Because they were overcome with fear. Fear, you see, God's servant said, you can't feed your faith. You can't feed your fear and feed your faith at the same time. One will starve. They are polar opposites. One will starve. So you decide which one you feed. You determine that. No one can determine that for you. You decide whether I'm going to feed my faith and starve my fear or feed my fear and starve my faith. So you see, weak faith defines a negative situation before you even think about the word of God. You've defined that you are perishing. It's settled. It's settled. Gehazi told Elisha, Master, (laughs) alas, we are finished. But you see, oh, God's servant says something that faith Ooh, Christianity, yeah? Christianity is a revelation. You are a Christian because it was revealed to you. Yes, you and your friend went to the same church, to the same place, you heard the same word, but how come only you came up and gave your life to Christ? It's not by the teaching or the head knowledge, it's by the revelation which was given to you. Paul said, I came to revelations and visions of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a revelation. See, so Elisha saw Something Gehazi couldn't see. What is your faith seeing? What is your faith seeing? Let's move on quickly. Now the other faith that I'm going to speak about is great faith or strong faith. I love the definition God's servant used yesterday. He said great or strong faith is unyielding and unrelenting determination. Knowing that Jesus can do it. It's unyielding and it's unrelenting. And we see this in the Gentile woman who shows her faith. Can we go to Matthew chapter 15, please? Matthew 15, 21. We'll start from 21 and we'll go through this very quickly. Matthew 15, 21 says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy, O Lord, son of David. She came by covenant, but she wasn't a covenant woman. Jesus ignored her. And then it goes on, verse 23. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us, unyielding. We come to Shiloh Awa saying what? There must be an answer. But your daily life is supposed to be like Shiloh Awa. You come with a determination. You come saying it must happen for me. 
It must happen for me. It, so why restrict it to just on a Thursday from 12 to 1? Why? When you can have that same kind of thing every day, every hour, every minute. We restrict ourselves. We really restrict ourselves. And it restricts the God in us. God is handicapped by us. God is handicapped. God's like, I want to do it. I want to do it. But you're saying, oh, but can it be? Can it be? Can it be? And then at certain points, you're like, yes, it can. And at other points, you're like, oh, maybe. No. Keep the same. Conf- oh, okay, we'll get there. I'm going ahead of myself. We'll get there. So strong faith. Strong faith is unyielding. Unyielding. That means you don't give up. You don't give up. Why? Because you have a word. It's the same word which God spoke and created the things you are seeing. So if what you are seeing is annoying you, why don't you speak the same word God has said? Okay. Okay. So let's look at the, the, um, the Canaanite woman. Then um, the disciples came and said, send her away for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of Israel. Right. And then she came and worshipped him. Another level. If covenants won't work, let me worship because God likes worship. Even still, even still, what happened? He said, it is not good. He threw an insult in the mix. But I know, see, I believe Jesus knew what she was going to do. But he was doing it just to show those around him. He knew, he knew. But he just wanted to show those around him. This is how you get it. This is how you get it. That's why he threw. (laughs) This is how you do it. Yes, thank you, Pastor. So he threw a little bit or a very big insult. Called her a dog. And she said, that's fine. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. If she said, well, the dogs are castrated. And then said, I don't care. I will break the castration and go. I don't care if you've tied me to, to, to a street stump. I'll find a way to get some of that. She was unyielding. Determined. Determined. Why? Because she saw Jesus. Again, what did she see? Which allowed her to push like that. Because you see, if you can't see anything, you will give up easily. You'll give up easily. It says, faith is the substance of your hope. Without hope, there is no faith. Right? So, you hope because you're seeing something ahead of you. And faith is that something ahead of you now. So, if you are not seeing anything, how can you then go in faith? You will give up along the line. You will give up easily. But you see, she saw Jesus. And oh, Satan. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. If he started the faith in you, he will finish it. So she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, woman, great is your faith. He told them. This is great faith. That's how you get it done. This is how you get things done in my kingdom. She didn't give up. She kept pressing after the word. She kept her eyes focused on the word. The disciples said, go away, you're disturbing us. But she kept her eyes focused on the word. Saying, no, this word can, it can make things well for me. This word is what I need. And she pressed on until she got her answer. That is strong faith. 
Now we're going to quickly look at how do you then develop this faith that we're talking about? How do you get your faith to be strong? How do you get it? Okay, so. God servant said two, two points yesterday and I'll just pick it from there and go on. So he said yesterday, how do you grow your faith? By feeding it. Feed your faith. That one is just one plus one, isn't it? If you want your faith to grow, feed it. If you want it to die, starve it. Who has a plant and wants it to grow and leaves it in the darkness, no water, no soil, no fertilizer, nothing? It will die. But the faith which was given to you at salvation is the same faith you need to feed. Feed how? By the word of God. The word of God. It says faith comes then by hearing and hearing. It is not just simply hearing now. It is hearing again tomorrow. It is hearing the next hour. That's why I thank God for these series of faith seminars. Because imagine for the next four days, all you're hearing is faith, 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 faith. That's all you're hearing. So then if 2016 comes and things have not changed, who is to blame? But you see, you can be here. You can hear the word. Thursday, you can hear it. I think, yeah, Thursday is crossover night. You've had faith. Copious amounts of faith. First of this uh, January comes, 2016, and you forget everything. Why? Because you focus your eyes on your surroundings. Or maybe it may not happen so soon for you. Maybe the second week. Then what are you going to do? But you see, it's hearing the word over and over again. That's why we have a SoundCloud. That's why we have live. You can watch it again. Listen to it again and again and again. Because you see, until the word which you are hearing is something you have seen, you have not gotten there. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, I will stand on my rampart. Why? To see what he will say to me. So until you, oh, God speaks in pictures. So until you have seen pictorially what God is saying to you, you have not actually received what you need to receive. That's what I mean by this walk of Christ is a walk of revelation. Is being revealed to you. It is being revealed to you. So you need to hear it again and again and again and again until you see. Don't say, oh, I've heard this before. You may have heard it before, but you haven't actually seen it. You've heard it before, yes, but you haven't seen it. So keep hearing it until you see it. And now when you see it, then you can grab onto your victory. That's how this thing works. Okay, so the word, feed your faith. And then, so we realize that we need to see our faith. But then how do we see our faith? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Jesus said that when I go, I will send a comforter. Right? He will teach you. He will remind you. But you see, the Holy Spirit's chief job is to reveal Jesus to us. He reveals the word of God to us. Second Corinthians or First Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says that, but God has revealed these things to us by his spirit. It says, what? Who knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man? So the word of God can only be deciphered by the Holy Spirit. So the more of him you have in you, the more revelation you walk in. 
Am I making spirit? So the more of the Holy Spirit you have in you, as the word is being taught, he is then painting the picture. He paints the picture for you to see exactly what he's talking about. The word which you're hearing. He begins to paint the picture. And then once you see the picture, you can then run with the picture. Because you, had, you now have a vision. Okay. So, you see, 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. That's what the Holy Spirit came to do. He reveals it to us. He reveals it to us step by step. It's a revelation. It's a walk of revealing. He's revealing things to us. So the more you hear, the more he has to work with. Right? The more of God's word you hear. You see, I remember there were some statistics when I was in sixth form or something. When you read something, you remember roughly about 33% of it. So if you want to read and remember something, you need to read it at least three times. And it's easier to remember what you have seen than it is to remember what you heard. So then that means if you want to remember what has been spoken to you, you need to hear it at the very least four times. Over and over again. And you're giving the Holy Ghost more material to paint the picture of your future with. Giving him more materials to work with. Then he will paint the picture for you. Ah, yeah. Then you know where you're going. Then you don't stop till you get there. Then yes, the winds come, but you stand firm. You stand strong. The Bible says by faith you stand. But you need to be standing on a platform of the word of God. Now... The next point I would say is prayer. Prayer is extremely key in prayer is key in developing your faith. Why do I say this? Because when you're praying, you're communing with God. You're in communion with God. But I don't know about you. See, I realize that a lot of the time when I pray and we pray for protracted periods of time, a lot of the things like maybe the scriptures which I've read, the messages which I've heard, they start to make sense. A lot of things is like there's a download. Like I'm, I'm understanding things better whilst I pray. That's, as a, as a pray. that's why Jesus said man always ought to pray and not to faint. Why do you faint when you have it on a steady platform? If your platform is unsteady, the basis on which you're standing is unsteady, you will faint. You will actually faint. Okay, let me, let me go on quickly. Now, you then also need a consistent exposure. Consistent being the key word here. Consistent exposure. The Bible says faith then comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, so then I ask, what do you surround yourself with? Who are your friends? Who are your colleagues? What's the first thing you say or hear when you wake up? And the last thing you say or hear when you go to sleep? And then in between then, what exactly takes place? Because you see, all those things define your faith. We are actually a definition of our environment. So saturate your environment with things which will build your faith. Preaching messages, the Bible, just... just copious amounts of it literally people say you're weird yes i don't want to be normal why do you want to be normal why why it's a choice why be normal why why be normal there are too many normal people around 
Have you realized stars aren't normal? A star isn't normal. But then there are stars and there are stars. You know the sun is a star, right? And then there are the stars we see twinkling in the sky. The sun is a big star. It's not normal. But you see, the sun has a consistent uh, fuel source. Consistent fuel source. So it can burn brighter. But the little stars we see in the sky, is just little, small, small balls of gas. They'll burn out. They'll be gone soon. So you define the kind of star you want to be. But please, do not be normal. It's abnormal for a Christian to be normal. Hey, you are the salt of the earth. Please, don't lose your saltiness. Now, develop that consistent atmosphere around you. Two years ago, or actually, no, last year, when we started the Bend Us, O Lord, God's servant told us something, that he's changed his environment. And we're seeing the effect of it. We are seeing the effect of it. I mean, I haven't seen that kind of grace on his life. It's strange. But it didn't come through normal means. He doesn't just sit and watch TV like everybody else. He doesn't go to work and have normal discussions with everybody, like normal people. No. He is always surrounded by edifying materials. Edifying materials. The word of God. Preaching messages. What do you surround yourself with on a consistent basis? Because it is actually defining your world. It is defining your world. And in fact, it is defining your mindset. That's why when you come to church, you need to be hearing the same things over and over again because your mind needs to be reworked. The next point then I would say is exercise your faith. That's what God's servant said. Exercise your faith. Philippians 4.9 says, Those things which ye have both learned, received, and heard, and seen in me, do It's not just learning, receiving, hearing, and seeing. Do it as well. Do it. The things that you have heard, the messages which have come to you, yes, you've learned it, you've received it, you've heard it, and you've seen it. Now do it. Do it as well. Do it and get the results. We have a, we have a, a, a catchphrase. Homologia? Homologia? Yes. Speak the word. There's an abundance of word in this place. An abundance. But let me ask you, how often do you speak the word to yourself? How often do you actually speak it to yourself? So then, you see, homologia is speaking the word. God's servant told us, the same word God has said. Right? But then you also need to say it in the same way God said it. If I'm given a message to relay, I need to say it the way the person who told me I need to say that, not just the same words, in the same manner. Because the words say what needs to be done. The way it is said shows the authority behind it. That's why the word of God says, speak boldly. That we may boldly say. It is boldness. You need to say it boldly. God didn't look at the world and say, oh, let there be light. No. He said, let there be light. And there was light. There was boldness in his voice. Exercise your faith. Use it on a daily basis. And then finally, the final point I would mention is association. Your association. Have you realized that doctors hang around with doctors? Lawyers hang around with lawyers. So why is a believer hanging around with an unbeliever? It's not that you, you, you hate him. No, he's pulling you down. He's pulling you down. 
But then even still, even among the circle of believers, there's not every believer you hang around with. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 3, 6, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly. I'm wondering if we even heard what I said. Is it there? Thank you. It says, but we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus, please, let's use the uh, New King James Version. Okay. That you withdraw, your, you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly. So if you see your brother is not walking in faith, it's going to affect you. Withdraw. Find someone who is also walking in faith. Associate yourself with that person. If I was doing a surgical course, once I graduate, I become a resident. And then as a resident, there are those above me known as fellows. I don't associate with the other residents. I associate with fellows. So I go around shadowing the fellows. Why? Because I want to be like them. I want the results they have. You don't associate. Oh, ooh. you see, it's easier to pull down than it is to pick up. It's a lot easier to pull down than it is to pick up. So before you try to help your friend come up, make sure you are high enough. Or they will pull you down. And before you know it, they are better off than you. And you're like, well, what happened there? What do you mean what happened? You got too close to them. Yes, you are all believers. But let's be honest. You are not in a position to help them. Let's be honest. Joseph could not help his family until he disassociated with them. And went high. And when he got high enough, then he said, okay, now come. Hey, what happened? Even Jesus, he said, he, will, <laughs> he went up on high and led captivity into captive. Why didn't he do it when he was still down below? <laughs> now, as um, i bringing my message to a close, I've gone far, far, far... <laughs> Now, my time, my time is gone. My time is gone. Oh, but we have to, we have to close now. You know. Oh, no, no, no. But there, there's another one coming. Oh, no, no. I said there's another message coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So please develop your faith. Do everything it takes to develop your, to develop your faith. Amen. Please remember, the victory is your faith. So for as long as you develop it, victory is assured. But if you let it go, if you let it go, the only difference between 2015 and 2016 will be the development of your faith. That's what's going to define your 2016. So if I was you, every morning I wake up, I will start speaking into 2016. What I need it to happen. Hey, why? Because a word has been ushered from the platform. Words have been spoken. 2016 is going to be a year of a catalog of faith miracles. Hey. Speak it every morning. Don't wait till 2016 comes. Speak it. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Pata. Next year is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Homologia. Homologia. Hallelujah. Please just let's, let's just give God some thanks and some praise as we welcome God's servants.
If you are not saved, you are not safe because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.